That's what the church is. The church is a collection of people who have come to realize, guess what? We don't have it together. Guess what? We aren't always doing it the right way. Guess what? We need forgiveness. We are a collection of imperfect people who have discovered a power greater than ourselves that gives purpose and meaning to life. We are a collection of imperfect people. As we look at the state of the church, as we look at, at Christ's church, that's kind of the, the first observation, is, is to give ourselves permission uh, to be who we are. And that is just that collection of imperfect people. If you look at uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 4, Paul kind of gives us an image of trying to understand ourselves that way. In the uh, very first uh, verse there, verse 7, it says, We are like clay jars in which this treasure is stored. We are like what? Clay jars. Notice it doesn't say, We are all like perfect china, or we are all Waterford crystal, right? No, it says we are clay jars, right? Basic, imperfect people. That's who we are. And, and that's a great thing, I think, about Christ Church, is that we understand who we are. When you come to Christ Church and you walk into the door, don't expect to meet a bunch of perfect people. That's not us. We come in the door as broken people. And every Sunday we come back with some imperfections, trying to grow and grow and grow and become more what God wants us to be and get that rightness going in our life because we rely on a power greater than ourselves. Look what Paul says. He says, the real power comes from God and not from us. You see, this is the understanding I, I would hope we all get here at Christ Church, is that, you know, we're not going to be a perfect church. If we're a collection of um, imperfect people, we're never going to be a perfect church. But that's who we're supposed to be, right? We're supposed to be a collection of the broken, a collection of people that understand there is something greater in life. God has something more in life. That God has a purpose for our life. God has a dream for our life. God has expectations on our life. God wants to put favor into our life. God has all these things that he wants to pour into us. And it starts with each of us realizing we are imperfect and we need a Savior. That's what brings us together. That's what makes us common. Our imperfections may be different, but our solution is always the same. We are a collection of imperfect people gathered around one person, Jesus Christ. And he makes all the difference in our lives. You see, we cannot forget as a church what our center is. Right? We, we, we can't forget, we can't get lost in the organizational things. We can't get lost in the, in the structural things. We can't get lost in the business things. We can't get lost and away from the center of who Christ Church is. That is a group of imperfect people gathered around one person, Jesus Christ. Sometimes folks will, uh, will ask me, and especially um, you know other other pastors from the area who are in Lutheran churches, you know, they'll they'll come up and visit, and they'll read the sign out in front, you know, and they'll say, "So, you know, Pastor Bob, what's up with that? I mean, you wouldn't even know you're Lutheran." And I say, "Yeah, that's right, absolutely. Why? 
The only expectation at Christ Church is we live up to the name that's on the sign out in front. And that's our only goal, isn't it? To be a group of imperfect people who receive the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. And that's what's most important. To continue to just receive that power of Jesus Christ. Look, look what he says about us here. He says, the real power comes from God, not from us. We often suffer, but we are never crushed. Notice how imperfect we are. I can't even see the sea there, can we? Um, we often suffer, but we're never crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. And when we're knocked down, what do we do? We get up again. We face death every day because of Jesus. Our bodies show uh, what his death was like so that his life can also be seen in us. We are a collection of imperfect people. And yet we live out of a strength and a power that is greater than ourselves. We can never forget that. That's what makes us Christ Church. That's what makes us Christ Church. That when we start thinking of ourselves better, or we get wrapped up in some identity beyond Jesus Christ, then we've begun to go down the wide path, and we've forgotten the narrow path. For Christ Church, it is important for us to always remember who we are. We are imperfect people reclaimed in Jesus Christ. And this is God's wisdom. This is what's so awesome. This is who God uses. God uses the imperfect. If, if you look at 1 Corinthians, and, and both of these citations are coming to you from Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. Now, you want to talk about a church that was filled with imperfect people. It was the church at Corinth, right? And, and look what he says to the church at Corinth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to put the wise to shame. He chose the weak things of this world to put the powerful to shame. What the world thinks is worthless, useless, and nothing at all is nothing at all is what God has used to destroy what the world considers important. God did all this to keep anyone from bragging. You are God's children. He sent Christ Jesus to save us and make us wise, acceptable, and holy. This is the amazing thing. God uses imperfect people. God uses imperfect people and God uses imperfect churches to accomplish the incredible power of the gospel of Jesus Christ in other people's lives. Why? Because that's the only way it works for us to be able to point to him and say, look, it's not us. It's, it's all him. It's, it's not us. It's, it's all him. Christ's church is this incredible collection of imperfect people who continue to point in their lives beyond themselves to someone greater than themselves and center around Jesus Christ. Every week, I get emails or I get telephone calls or people catch me after worship and they tell me stories in their own life about what God's been doing. And I wish I could share with you all the stories uh, that are happening here at Christ Church. Um, you know, marriages that are getting turned around, young people that are getting out of, out of the worldly stuff and standing up for God. I mean, it, all across the board. You know, we just ended the, the first service this morning, and before I even got down the stairs, there was a woman waiting for me at the bottom of the stairs with tears in her eyes saying, Pastor, I just can't tell you what it means to me. I've been coming for four weeks, and Christ Church is changing my life. 
This is what God does. God uses the imperfect to accomplish the incredible perfection of Jesus Christ in life. Isn't that great? This is what Christ Church is. This is what we're about. That means that we are a people then. We are a church that is here to make a difference. We're here to make an impact. Christ Church is here to make uh, an impact. Now, I'm going to take you to, to the experience in the Gospel of Matthew, and this is really good stuff. The Gospel of Matthew. And this is the experience where Jesus is with his disciples, and he has asked them a couple questions. He said, look, who do people say that I am? And, and the disciples have come up with a great list of pretty notoriety, uh, notable people. Um, but then he asks them a question and says, well, but what about you? Who, who do you say I am? Okay. And Peter comes back with the right response and says, you, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, here's what Jesus responds. He says, and I tell you, and this is the amplified version, by the way, so there's extra stuff so you get it. And I tell you, you are Peter, Greek Petros, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, Greek Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong enough to its detriment or hold out against it. Okay? I want to just look at the very middle there. It tells you who is building the church. Who's building this church? He is. Right? You see that? He says, I will build my church. This is really important for us. We remember we are imperfect people and Christ's church is growing and Christ's church is making a difference in people's lives because Jesus has chosen to put his favor on us and use us in his kingdom. We are here to make a difference for Jesus Christ and he is working in this church. Now, some of you in the room today uh, are probably some of our heritage folks that, that uh, have been here from, from the beginning, or at least since I came in, in, uh, in 99. If you're in the room, uh, do you remember the days, uh, you know, when we had 100 people coming to worship? Yeah, remember that? Amen. And, uh, you know, do you remember those days when we had 100 people come? We were shouting for joy that we had 100 people? It was like, whoa, we had 100 people. This is fantastic. How awesome is it to see that God has chosen to build Christ Church? Because Palm Sunday, regular Sunday, Palm Sunday, we had over 400 people in worship that day. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Easter Sunday, we had over 600 people here for Easter Sunday. Isn't that great? Now i got to tell you, this is not our doing. We're imperfect people, remember? This is not our doing. I am just absolutely convinced God has chosen for his purposes in his plan according to his desire to build Christ Church. I don't know everything he's doing. I don't know everything, the outcome of what's going to be. But I am just absolutely convinced what we're experiencing now is because Jesus has decided to use us to make an impact in this world and in people's lives. Notice how Jesus, what he does next, what he associates the work of building his church. Notice what he associates the impact of that with. See that? He says, I will build my church and what? The gates of Hades, the power of the infernal regions, shall not overpower it or be strong to its deferent or hold out against it. Now, I want you to get an image in your head of, of, of a gate, okay? You got a nice iron gate there in your head? 
Now think about gates for a minute. What do gates do? Well, well, gates do kind of one of two things, right? Gates are there and they keep some people in, right? Behind the gates. And they keep other people out on the other side of the gates. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Gates also don't move. They're planted. Now, Jesus just said he is building his church and these gates of hell, they, they are not going to withstand it and they're not going to be uh, and the church will overpower them. Now, now think about those gates again. You ready? The reality is Jesus is making us aware that there are people in our world and there are people that you run into every day who are imprisoned behind the gates. You know those people, right? You know some people who are captured and imprisoned behind the gates and hell has a good hold on them, right? The way they live their life, the way they make decisions, what they're doing in their life, they are captured and they are imprisoned by those gates. And the reality is that even some of you in the room this morning, you've got some places in your life where those gates are holding you back. Where, where God has something in store for you. God has something for your marriage to be. God has something for your children to be. God has something for your profession and your work to be. But you're letting those gates hold you back of the power of the evil one. Am I right? What did Jesus say his church is here to do? His church is here to overwhelm those gates. His church, Christ's church. We are here to make an impact in the world that overwhelms the gates of hell in people's lives. We're here. Christ Church is here to make a difference that overwhelms those gates. That those people who are captured behind the gates get set free. That we knock down those gates. See, what you need to do is you need to get those gates in your head again. And you need to think about your neighbor this morning. When you got up and you came to church and they were just outside getting their newspaper. You need to think about them and remember where they are right in this point in their life. They're trapped behind the gates. And that's not a good place to be. And their only hope is for you, for Christ's church, to impact their life, to set them free. When you drive by the high school in Cedarburg or Grafton or Mequon, wherever it is, Port Washington, you drive by that high school, you need to drive by that high school and see the gates. Because there are gates around those schools where those kids are living lives of imprisonment to drugs and alcohol and premarital sex and all the other stuff that fills up the gates of hell. Those gates are in those schools. And Christ Church is here to invade those gates and break down those gates. You see, the reality is those gates exist all throughout your day. Wherever you are, where you work, whether you play, whatever is going on, you are confronted with those gates all the time. And Jesus says, you, imperfect person that you are, are the person that he has chosen as Christ's church to impact and overwhelm those gates. Remember, gates don't move, but the church does. We are here to extend the kingdom. We are here to invade the gates of hell. 
We are here to invade into people's lives who are broken and imprisoned and captured. We are here to set the captive free, he says. You with me? This is what Christ Church is for. What God is doing at Christ Church is because Jesus has chosen to build this church. And I can tell you, the reason he's building this church is so that we can keep invading into those gates. And we can knock those gates down in people's lives. And they can realize the power of Christ in their lives. And they can be set free. And they can be forgiven. And their lives can be lifted up to where God wants them to be. And they can get right. Righteous. Isn't that an awesome thing? This is what we're here for. We group of imperfect people. He uh, follows that up in uh, Mark 16 with an incredible image of, of what it means to be an invader. Okay, What it means for us as imperfect people that he uses to make a difference and make an impact I love Mark 16. I love this this image. Uh, and afterwards, you know, you want to sign up for for the uh, the new ministry we have of Snake Team. Let me know. But it's in here. You ready? He said. Then Jesus told them, "Go and preach the good news to just a few people in the world." Right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Go and preach the good news to UH 160. I'm sorry. To everyone in the world. Right? Go and preach the good news to everyone in the world. Anyone who believes in me and is baptized will be saved. That gate's going to be broken down. But anyone who refuses to believe me, they're stuck in the gates and condemned. Everyone who believes in me will be able to do wonderful things. If you believe in Christ, what did he just tell you? You're an impact player. Right? You are an impact player. You can do wonderful things. Hey, we just went through the NFL draft and all those NFL draft people, they're pouring over those, those prospective players, you know, and who are they looking for? They're looking for an impact player, aren't they? They're looking for that one player that they can get out of the draft that can step in and from day one be an impact player. He just said, you, as a follower of Christ, are an impact player. You can do wonderful things by using my name. They will force out dis- demons. They will break, speak new languages. They will handle snakes and they will drink poison and not be hurt. They will also heal sick people by playing their ha- placing their hands on them. Are we talking about doing some awesome gate-breaking stuff? And he describes you as that impact person. This is why God is building Christ Church. To be a group of imperfect people who rely on the power of Jesus Christ in our life to make a difference and an impact in somebody else's life and break down those gates that are imprisoning people. To break down those gates. I mean, when you think about the church, and, and not just Christ Church, but when you, when you think about the church when it started... It's amazing that it survived, isn't it? I mean, it started with a group of, of, of 12 people. They just lost their leader who was ex- executed by the Romans, right? A group of 12 guys, maybe some more around women and, you know, maybe some more. But still, I mean, we're not talking about a group of really high-powered, intelligent uh, people as the world understands them. We're talking about a group of people that we saw over and over again as they were with Jesus had all kinds of imperfections and failures going on in their lives. 
They went through the persecution of the most powerful government of their time, Rome, two waves of persecution. persecution. Both waves were intended on wiping out the church. And yet the church grew, and we're sitting here today in this incredible place. Why? Because the power of God was on those people to make a difference that would lead us to know Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if we take this serious? If we take this serious? Can you imagine the generations and the things they will accomplish if we who are Christ Church today start making an impact? Think about that. Those, those 12 people back in the beginning, they made an impact and it got manifested and manifested and manifested and we're here today because they did that. Just think of the trillions of people that could be, be imprinted with the good news of Jesus Christ if we do our job today. It's overwhelming, isn't it? But it starts, it starts with understanding we're here to make a difference and we're here to do whatever Jesus asks us to do. Now this is the hard part. We are here to do whatever Jesus asks us to do. If you look at Hebrews 10, uh, Hebrews 10 has a great verse right at the beginning there, verse 23. It says, we have a great high priest who's in charge of God's house. Who's in charge of Christ's church? Not me. We're here to do whatever Jesus Christ asks us to do. Now, i got to warn you. Jesus Christ is going to ask Christ's church to do some things that on the surface we will look at and say impossible. Jesus Christ is going to ask Christ's church to do some things that on the surface we're going to look at and say, sounds pretty risky. But that's exactly how his kingdom works. Why? Because when it's done and when it's achieved, we don't point to ourselves, but we say, you know what? I don't know how we did it. It had to be God. You see, I, I sit here today, and we're sitting in this incredible facility, and uh, we're looking at a, at a balance sheet that has over $7 million in assets. I mean, not liquid, building, right? Land, building, right? For those who have been here from the beginning, how did that happen? How did we go from the, from the building with 5.1 acres that we were in up the road here and, and red ink back in 1999? to being here in this place on 20 acres with over $7 million in assets and over $200,000 of liquid assets in the bank. How did that happen? That's right. No answer. <laughs> but the incredible power of God. Did we take some risks to get here? Oh, my gosh. Did we take some risks? Were there people who looked at it and said, Really? That sounds impossible. And yet here we are. How does that happen? It happens because Jesus Christ is in charge and we have to do whatever he asks us to do. And he's going to keep pushing Christ church. He's going to keep pushing us to do more and more things. He's going to keep pushing us to break those gates down. He's going to keep putting challenges in front of us that we're going to look at and say, are you sure? It seems so impossible. But that's exactly how his kingdom works. Because when it's done... We can point and say it wasn't us. It was all the power of Christ. It was all 
Him working in us. If you follow further down on that Hebrews 10 uh, verse, it says we should keep on encouraging others to be thoughtful and, and to do helpful things. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially uh, since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. Did you notice what we're supposed to do with one another? Keep on encouraging each other. You see, when those time comes that Jesus Christ challenges us as Christ's church and we start getting nervous about things, we just need to keep doing what? Encouraging one another. Encouraging one another to say, hey, remember, it's not about us. It's all about Christ. Encouraging one another to say, hey, remember, remember how far he's brought us in the impossible he's already accomplished. When God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, he, he sat them down in that Passover experience and he said, now every year tell the story of what I am about to do. Why? So they wouldn't forget his incredible power when everything seemed lost. He brought them out of Egypt. We can't forget. It keeps moving us forward. We are an incredible experience right now at Christ Church, all by the goodness and the grace of God. And we just need to keep encouraging one another along the way. Now, let, let me give you a word of encouragement, like he says here. One of the things I want to encourage you on today is just what he's talking about here. Make sure you keep coming to worship. Make sure you keep coming to worship. You just need to keep doing that in your life. If, if you're going to have those gates broken down in your own life, it's because you're in worship. You're in that relationship of worship with Christ. Now, now the second thing you need to do is you need to make sure that you get involved in a small group or you get involved in a ministry. One of those two things. You've got to get involved in a small group or you've got to get involved in a ministry. Why am I encouraging you to do that? I know this. If you don't do that, you will eventually wander away from Christ church. We just know that. right? If you don't get connected, if you don't get in that relationship with other people, it, that's the risk you take is that eventually you'll just float away from Christ church. We don't want that to happen. We want you to grow to become the person that God wants you to become. So let me encourage you, just like the Hebrews guys doing here, saying, hey, look, come to worship, keep doing that, get involved in a small group, make sure you get involved in a ministry, get connected in some way, because that's how you're going to keep growing in your faith walk with Christ and with this church. Hmm? Now, let me put in one more plug. Because uh, I've really been pushing this over the week. Uh, make sure you come to the Monday night experiences starting this next week. Let, let me show you why that's important. That's important because Christ Church is here to reach people. That's our fundamental thing. We are here to reach people. And uh, if you look at what Peter did on the day of Pentecost, he brought in 3,000 people in one day. Wouldn't that be awesome? Not a bad day's work, huh? 3,000 people in one day. What I want you to see, though, is in Acts 2, uh, towards the end of Acts 2, and guys, you just need to skip ahead in there. There we go. I want you to look at the, at the tail end of this section, because this is the important part. It talks about how they spent their time, these 3,000, they spent their time learning from the apostles, and, and they were like family with each other, and they broke bread, and they prayed together, and everybody saw miracles and wonders happening, and, and uh, they got together, and they shared everything together, and they were good stewards, and they gave liberally. And then it says, they met in the temple day by day, and they broke bread, gathered in the home. Now look at verse 47 and on. 
It says, everyone liked them, and each day the Lord added to their groups others who were being saved. How often were there people added? Each day. You see that? How's that happen? How's that happen? Well, it must be it happens outside of worship. Because we only get together one day for worship. You see, Jesus doesn't work just on one day. He works every day. And He works through imperfect people. And He charges imperfect people to break down the gates of hell in other people's lives. And He empowers them to do that every single day. Listen, I can tell you that God is preparing people in your life tomorrow for you to speak to about Christ and His church. That's the way it works. That's why you need to come to Monday nights or whatever night you can make, wherever you have to go to take this class, right? So that you can learn, so you can share the gospel every day of the week. So you can tell people about Christ in your life every single day of the week. This is what he wants us to do. Because we are here to reach more people. Now, I'll end with this. Some people uh, ask me, they, they say, well, okay, Pastor. So how big do you want Christ Church to become? How big do you want Christ Church to become? Uh, my, my response is always the same. I want Christ Church to be one more human heart bigger. Right? One more human heart bigger every day. That's what we're in. That's what we're about. We're about serving Christ above everything and just reaching one more human heart. Tomorrow, you're going to meet somebody who's captured on the wrong side of the gates. And you are that imperfect clay pot that Christ has chosen to use to reach those people. We're in the, in the ministry, all of us, not just me with this great shirt, but all of us are in that ministry of reaching one more person. Christ Church is here to make a difference and to reach people. Let me end just saying, hey, thanks for being Christ Church. I am always uh, so humbled by just looking at what God has been doing here. Uh, just really humbled to see the incredible uh, impact that Christ Church is making. And I am so excited. Uh, if this is what God can do in a couple, three, four years, just think what's ahead for us. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks so much for what you're doing here. Uh, we are humbled. We are amazed. Uh, it is by your grace. It's by your goodness. We are just imperfect people. We pray that you would help each one of us to just break down those gates. Uh, break down the gates in our own life by that power of your spirit overwhelming us and, and lifting us beyond them to a new life in you. And give us the opportunity to break down those gates in somebody else's life. Father, we thank you for your church. We thank you for Christ's church. We thank you that you've chosen to build and put your favor upon us. We'll do whatever you ask, just because you ask. It's in Jesus' name we pray.